0: What's up royals fans tony trozo here with you for episode number two of the royals roundup podcast hope everyone enjoyed episode number one of course we had a very special guest that was associate general manager jake heisinger and before we recap last week and everything else ahead you probably heard a brand new intro song that just came on before episode number two that was a local band who created that song for us here it is the three Sailing Wait. They haven't officially released their new music yet, but the song that you did hear, uh, that is a new song they're going to be coming up with called What Are You Waiting? Uh, so that is going to be their new song. They're going to be releasing that in the upcoming time coming up here. Uh, a huge shout out to everyone involved there. Of course, we have Andrew Loudy, Graham Stark, Cameron Butt, jordy wilson and heather mcleod hopefully i got all of your guys names right there but i just wanted to give a very special shout out to them you'll also hear some of their music at the end of our podcast as well it's going to be the intro and extra from now on if you want to find them and look into more into their music and get ready for their official release of the sound you can find them on instagram at three that is a numerical three Three sailing weights. So make sure to check them out. We're gonna take them in this video as well. So if you want to check out some of their music, I'm a big fan already. And like I mentioned, a local band here in Victoria is always great to support local and get the podcast going. And one more final shout out once again. Thank you to Best Buy providing this awesome equipment we have here. The big blue Yeti microphones. You can't see it behind me right now, but I'm pointing at the camera right now. That is a Canon Rebel SL3. Great for photos, video taking, and all that fun stuff. So another shout out to Best Buy, giving us a nice deal here on this equipment to get the podcast rolling. But since episode number one has came out, we got some great feedback from everyone who listened. Uh, I believe we had just over around 500 views in total combined between Spotify and Spotify and youtube so a big shout out to you thank you for everyone for sending in your comments uh feedback and everything along the way of course we love that we want to hear from you and that's going to kind of touch into the point that i'm going to talk about a bit later on the mailbag questions we received quite a few uh via email you can contact me directly at tony.trozo at victoriaroyals.com that's my email address or on my Twitter page I believe it's at Tony Trozo if I'm wrong I'm so sorry I have about 30 followers on there so no one really cares but if you have any questions for me I'd be happy to answer them Uh, preferably more so if you have questions about the team Uh, I can't really offer too many insights on what the players thoughts may be as cool as that would be uh, probably best to save that for maybe in the season if I do have a player that comes on which of course we will have later on in the year um, when players start coming into camp and as a season progresses i can maybe ask some of those but any questions related to the podcast the team any of that kind of stuff feel free to mention any of those uh questions you have for me and i'd be happy to answer them so that is like i mentioned the royals mailbag on the royals roundup you can mention me in either of those ways we're going to get to those questions a little bit later on but Just recap the last little while here in Royals land and the big news of the week came out today, August 23rd, of course, it's going to be a couple days later they're hearing this, but the big news for the Victoria Royals is a new director of player development that is James Patrick. An NHL icon, he he played over 1,300 games roughly in the NHL, nearing over 650 points. Uh, He played for some very good hockey teams over the years, and since his playing career concluded, he went on to be an assistant coach with the Buffalo Sabres and Dallas Stars. And most recently, he spent the last six seasons with the ice organization, the first two in Kootenai, before the team relocated to Winnipeg, becoming the Winnipeg Ice. And yeah, the record was quite impressive in Winnipeg. He also earned the WHL Coach of the Year honors in 2021-22. So yeah, that's a huge hire for the Royals. And something to keep in mind, though, as I mentioned, his role, the Director of Player Development, he's going to be off the bench now. That's not going to be his primary role. Of course, he's as well known, of course, as I mentioned, his time in the NHL as an assistant coach and with the ice as their head coach. He'll be shifting his focus to player development, something that he's very keen on doing. Of course, if you missed the press release, you can check that out on our uh Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page, and our website. Uh kind of outlines everything through uh a couple other big names that were brought in this offseason uh with Jake Heisinger and Joey, Joey Poljanowski. Uh they kind of talked about it there, but just another huge piece, the third major one that the Royals have added here in the hockey operations department. And it really speaks volume to the investment from the ownership here for the Royals. How exciting it is right now to be a Victoria Royals fan. Of course, uh, it's been a couple tough years uh, in Victoria, but that is is really going to be in the rearview mirror going forward. This team is very Much invested in the future of this franchise, and they have some brilliant hockey minds that are going to be forging the future here for the Royals. So, just wanted to get that tidbit out of the way as well. Of course, that is massive news. And ever since it was announced that Patrick wouldn't be moving from Winnipeg to Wenatchee, this was a big name out there. And I think there is a lot of uh, circulation going around. Of course, the internet, the best place for news, uh, is uh, Patrick was looking for a spot, and he found a great one here in Victoria and a great addition here to the franchise. Other notes from the last couple of weeks. Uh, What an event we had just, I believe it was August the 16th. Hopefully my information is correct on that one. It would have been uh, a Wednesday night at the Sticky Wicket. Uh, Downstairs there, we had our season ticket kickoff party uh, for all of our fantastic season ticket holders. A chance for a little Q&A with the newly appointed Vice President of Hockey Operations, as i mentioned Joey Poljanowski Joey i hope i got your last name right this time uh but just a great chance for fans to come in and listen to what Joey had to say in terms of the direction of this franchise like i mentioned and it's been a couple tough years here in Victoria but what the plan they have implemented in this place was very well described from Joey and everything the hockey operations side is doing behind the scenes. That includes all these new hirings, the scouting department, and all the hard work they've been putting in this off season. I think what the fans got to see is the willingness to get out in the public, and that's something that's going to be really stressed forward here with this Royals team, and I know behind the scenes it's something that we really want to work on is spreading the communication throughout and maybe just offering the showcase, uh, the direction of this team, which is a very positive sign right now. Uh, as I mentioned, it was last Wednesday night. Believe in the top of my head, we had close to 350, 400 people. It was a packed house downstairs at the Sticky. Uh, big shout out to them for hosting this great event. Uh, It was about an hour, hour and 35 minutes kind of thing. Uh, And we had some special guests along the way joining us. So everyone who's able to make it out to that, thank you. Of course, we'll have more season ticket info on the pickup time and all that fun stuff coming at a later date as we near the season. Of course, that is coming right around the corner. uh, But just want to say thank you uh, to everyone we saw at that uh, season ticket pickup party. Uh, Of course, it wasn't a pickup party, so I probably mispronounced the wording there. But it was great to see everyone out there uh, just a couple weeks ago. Switching gears a little bit now, as we kind of look forward to the next couple of weeks, well, as the time as this episode comes out, and maybe this will be the first time you're hearing it, we will have an inter-squad game here at the Save on Foods Memorial Center. Uh, That's going to wrap up our training camp, I believe, top of my head, September 5th in the evening uh you're gonna be able to come into the save on foods memorial center watch what we have to offer and as i mentioned that's going to be wrapping up the training camp uh by this time that the episode's out we'll have more information on the uh but just want to talk about the excitement of that of course after that we're going to go right into preseason uh all those games of course will be on the road but the same time exciting times here in victoria uh so if you're looking to get back into the hockey scene training camp is just about under the underway and we really look forward to welcome you back here to the save on foods memorial center uh for that inner squad game on september the fifth uh so that's kind of the exciting stuff going on here in royals world of course canucks training camp we have a little bit more info on that uh coming a little bit later on but uh exciting times here in victoria we have two Amazing guest joining us on episode number two, Victoria Hockey Royalty, the Pettinger Brothers. That is Matt and Bane Pettinger. Of course, remember Matt Pettinger for his time in the NHL. He spent a great career in the NHL with the Washington Capitals, finished off with the Vancouver Canucks, played overseas, got to represent his country from victoria of course and his brother bane well he represents uh, quite a few nhl superstars including tyson berry and the ben brothers another one of those guys here that cement a great hockey culture in the great city of victoria so it was a great pleasure to sit down with the pettinger brothers uh we got to sit down at the local actually downtown in victoria right on the harbor front i could spend most of my afternoons there i'm not gonna lie great venue Uh, So we had our first live on location uh, podcast going there. So a a very special shout out to the local and the Pettinger brothers, of course, here for my guests on episode number two. Uh, But that kind of wraps up the introduction portion here of episode number two. We're going to send you in now to our special guests, Bane and Matt Pettinger. Royals fans welcome back in episode number two of the Royals Roundup podcast two very special guests joining me today some Victoria Hockey royalty we have Matt and Bane Pettinger gentlemen thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having us
1: yeah thanks for having us
0: and we're in a very special setting here at the local you guys were able to get us in here bane maybe if you want to give us a connection how uh, how you guys know the owner here and everything they they offer here
2: yeah our good pal jeremy petzing here owns uh the local here right on wharf street beautiful venue kind of sports bar um you know i think it's it's a home run in victoria and uh really great food and uh patio you don't find a better patio in victoria in my mind so we're happy that zinger was able to host us down here and. Hopefully we can get some Royals
0: fans down here in the future. Oh, it would be a great spot. And I think I've heard rumors that this spot was uh, maybe a hotbed for some hockey, uh, other hockey royalty, maybe about a month ago. And, and I think I heard that you had the, the honor of being an MC at that event. So maybe if you're able to, what do you remember from that night and, and everything that came with that?
2: Yeah, that was, a, that was a great weekend, first of all, to show off Victoria uh, for us. You know, obviously Tyson Berry, a good friend and client of mine. At his wedding here uh, about a month ago now, and we did the out of town kind of welcome dinner barbecue, whatever you want to call it here, with you know the likes of Marner, Crosby, McKinnon. Uh, I'm sure Miss McDavid. Uh, there was a few you know that that are, were Tyson. Obviously, left a big impact on playing with them, and uh, it was awesome for us to show off this beautiful city. You know, uh, you, you see all these guys on the road, and you know Matt can speak to that teammates that you make along the way, but. To have that weekend um, here, you know, we went to the new restaurant Marilena on Thursday, ended up at the Sticky Wicket on Friday, playing a little beach volleyball. And then here on, fr- uh, sorry, on Friday here, and then Saturday, the big wedding in Oak Bay. So it was uh, it was a who's who of, of
0: hockey stars, but it was awesome to show off our, our beautiful city. Yeah, it is a fantastic city. And speaking of Victoria, like I said, both you guys here from Victoria, and Matt, maybe we'll start with you on this one. Looking back at some impressive stats back in the day with the Victoria Racquet Club, actually the all-time leader in points back in the day and now you're coaching your son there as yeah. well so maybe just talk about the full circle moment for you and everything that you got to grow up playing here in victoria
1: yeah obviously you know growing up on the island you're you know you don't have the access like you do in the prairies and in out east with with ice and so forth but um you know we had a good group of players my age growing up and we won a few provincial championships and out of the out of the racket club it's uh it's a small association, but, um, you know, and it, it just look at, look at the kids in the island now that uh, are progressing in, in, in the National Hockey League or scholarships. I mean, it's not, not all about NHL, but, um, you know, there's a lot of success stories that have come out of Victoria and the island for that matter. Um, and, yeah, I'm coaching my, my nine-year-old son now up at the Racket Club, and uh, um, so I'm on the ice two or three times a week there, and it keeps me busy.
0: And another spot you got to, along the way, you got to play with one of the coolest hockey names I remember, the Victoria Salsa BCHL franchise back in the day. What was that experience like for you playing in the Junior A route and also getting to play here in your hometown?
1: It was awesome. I mean, I, I was I was 15 years old when I when I played for them and, and uh, you know, so everything's you're, you're wide eyed with everything from the buses to the ferries, to the travel to the, the restaurants. I mean, what do you mean someone's paying for my sticks? Yeah. Right. That's, that stuff was all foreign to me at that time. and. Uh, yeah, the, the owner of the team back then owned Taco Times, a bunch of Taco oh, Time franchises. Wow. And so, hence, the salsa name came in. Um, and yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those names that's, uh, you know, when you mention it, you know, even you're mentioning it right now, it, it definitely sticks with you. So, uh, it was fun. Um, you know, I played two years here and then went off to play uh, uh, University of Denver hockey and then left actually and, and played for the Calgary Hitmen for six months and then got drafted in 2000.
0: Yeah, and I kind of just wanted to touch on that point there. You don't see it like, in terms of the going the Junior A route versus the WHL, of course you have the opportunity to play collegiate afterwards. Was that avenue always really important for yourself, just trying to figure it out in terms of going the dub option or sticking to the the Junior A and trying to play collegiate, or was it kind of just came about as, as the time came along?
1: You know what, I had a bunch of friends that were in the same situation. Half of them went and played in the Western League, half of them stayed and played Junior A. Um, you know, junior a was definitely you know back then it wasn't as well known as as it sort of is now listen there, there's no correct route you know if you're good you're good they're gonna find you um you know i think some kids need more exposure and more games and that's the chl and some kids need time to develop and that's in the in the in a, in a junior a league um called the bchl or, or shl or you name it so um yeah mine was unique you know, I, I ended up going to University of Denver and committing to that path. I wanted to stay in my hometown and, you know, go to high school in my hometown and live at my house. Hence, playing for the Salsa. And then in 99, 2000, I made the World Junior Team and had a pretty good tournament. And it was my draft year and took a leap and said, "Let's leave. Let's get some exposure." I went to the top prospects game, um, Calgary. The Hitmen were ranked number one in the country at the time, and uh, got to play with, you know, a lot of a lot of good players, Chris Beach. Brad Moran, Pavel Brendel, um, a lot of guys from that team went and played games in the National Hockey League. And um, looking back, you know, would I have left a scholarship on the table? You know, it was definitely a sort of a ballsy move, but ended up working out. Yeah.
0: No, and there's, like you said, a couple of interesting names there. I want to touch on some of those a little bit later on, yeah. but Bane, will switch over to here just quickly. Obviously, just a tremendous opportunity to Hockey Canada all the years. You got to experience so many different places, go to a lot of different cities and travel along, making a great hockey career out of it. So how did you get your start with Hockey Canada? And then maybe just walk me through everything that entailed with that. Maybe some fun experiences from the years.
2: Yeah, I didn't quite have the decorated on ice career that Matt did, uh, you know, playing junior B for the Victoria Cougars here. Yeah. I decided at 18 that uh, it wasn't going to be on ice where I was going to make my name, so I decided to go to school in Calgary where Hockey Canada's headquarters are. Um, so I was taking business classes there and then they had an opening uh, through a finance, I think, internship job and I took it, knowing that I'd be around the likes of, you know, Bob Nicholson, Johnny Misley, Brad Paschal, Scotty Salmon, you know, uh, Bob Nicholson. So I slowly moved my way up the Hockey Canada ladder. Um, I did on-ice player development for two years while going to school. And then a job opened up in 2012 with the national teams and I my first World Juniors was uh, in Edmonton, Calgary in 2012. So it was like Dougie Hamilton, yeah. uh, Mark Shifley, uh, I'm trying to think of some other names there, Scotty Lawton, you know, some. so yeah. you look now, these are all, you know, leaders in the NHL. So from there I did, you know, manage seven world junior teams, uh, or seven world juniors, uh, six world championships, a couple Olympic games, World Cup of Hockey, you know, got my feet wet really knowing the who's who of, whether it's coaches, trainers, players, you know, and multiple touch points on those players. You know, so one of my first events was 2013, uh, U18s, which was in Sochi, Russia, it was a test event for the for, for the twenty fourteen Olympics. And on that team, we had a fourteen year old by the name of Connor McDavid. Cool. So it was his first Hockey Canada event. So he came in with the sideways Justin Bieber <laughs> haircut and you know all this hype around him. And then you know my last event was you know a twenty eighteen World Championships where he was the team captain and a you know a ten year NHL vet. So those you know touch points with the the Crosby's of the world uh, you know Mitch Marner I remember him at you know an 18 year old coming into world juniors and now you see him you know scoring 99 points with the Maple Leafs in the city that I live in so to kind of I don't want to say grow up with those guys but move through the Hockey Canada ranks with some of the who's who um was definitely a very cool experience and led me to you know some great travel around the world you know I never thought that I'd be in Pyongyang, Korea, at the Olympics, you know, that's not how you draw it up to say, hey, I'm going to go to Asia four times in one year to prepare for an Olympic Games, or Sochi, Russia, I've been five times, you know, and, and those experience Prague to Helsinki to, you know, Vienna, Austria, the places that Hockey Canada took me around the world is something I'll never forget, and I owe Hockey Canada, you know, everything for getting my start in hockey, frankly, and where I am today on the agency side.
0: And in terms of the development of players that you saw, you got to see along the way, of course, McDavid first enters a scene and then you see him now it also correlates to development of yourself so over the years when you're watching the players develop as they are do you also feel yourself developing as a human and and was that a huge component to yourself with, with hockey Canada?
2: yeah i remember you know that my the first you know world championship you go to a world juniors you think you know, you know it's so important everything you know everything you feel the pressure of the media but then once it's like anything right you get your feet wet and and you grow you know by the end i was i was very comfortable you know i think it's very you know full circle that the last tournament that i did was here in our hometown for the 2019 world juniors right we had we had all the staff over to our other brother Reed's house for a dinner right and we stayed right across the street at the delta and you know we actually had a team dinner here at the local with the world junior team and i wow. knew that i was leaving hockey canada so it was very like homecoming-ish for me and coming full circle to again, be able to show off this beautiful city for us and, and where I was at in my career, um, you know, so, yeah, to answer your question, I think, you know, you grow, my, my entire 20s was with Hockey Canada and, you know, you, you you learn and there is no, you know, school, I always say this, people that want to be successful in hockey, you got to start somewhere, right? I started as a finance intern and said, I'm going to, you know, try and move up the ladder here and, and you know, there's no, one way to there's no you know law school to be uh to be involved in hockey there's no mcats there's no med school right you got to be in be in the trenches and be out there and volunteer at a world juniors go here work for the victoria grizzlies work for the royals do whatever and you never know where that path or those connections because hockey's such a you know my dad said it best it sounds kind of cheesy but hockey's a contact sport on and off the ice right and i think that's key uh you know how i've moved up in in my hockey world is the relationships that I've built with these players and staff, you know, whether it's GMs or, or coaches or whichever, and it all comes full circle uh, in the end in the hockey world.
0: No, It it sounds like you could just go on about some great experiences as well. And I want to touch on one other one that may be a little bit different, but the Spangler cup, when you got to go there in in Switzerland, all I've ever heard about that experience is nothing but fantastic things. So what can you say about there and, and what, how did that all come about?
2: yeah because i was mostly with the world junior team um i got to do one uh spangler cup uh it was actually the 2018 year when we were looking for the olympic team for pyeongchang so obviously pros nhl pros didn't go because of the holdout there between the pa and the nhl so we were hunting europe for uh, an olympic team right so part of that is putting together a spangler cup team and it is i think the best tournament in hockey if it wasn't at the same time as world juniors i would have had it in my contract every year to go and manage that team it's 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 the equivalent of going to Whistler for a hockey tournament, right? But with pros, you're in the Swiss Alps, it's been there for 150, or I think this year is the 100th year of the Spangler Cup. Um, And it's club teams that, you know, have buses come in and it's loud. And, you know, Matt can speak to that playing in Germany near the end of his career. It's a different hockey over there. You know, you come here and everyone's polite sitting in their seat. You go to Europe, especially a Spangler Cup over the holidays, and it is it's magical like <laughs> without you know it's like going to Whistler and you there's no bus times the hotels are right beside the rink there's beer gardens going and it's chanting two games a day and it's you know it, it, the the arena is about 5,000 people and you feel like they're on top of you and it's just a tradition like no other. I'm actually going to, I think, go this year nice. just as a fan, just because uh, World Juniors is in Sweden. Right. So I'm going to have some clients there. So do a kind of Euro Christmas trip and throw, stop by the Spangler and see some of my old hockey, fan, hockey Canada fans. And funny thing there is every player that plays in the National Hockey League says they want to do a Spangler Cup before they actually hang them up. You know, from Crosby to Barry to, you know, McKinnon are all like, I before I officially hang them up, I want to do a Spangler Cup because it's that much fun Um, you know it's just such a cool experience the Spangler
0: yeah I think that's a testament to like how well long people obviously enjoy the game of hockey but that full experience as well so that's really cool that you got to go there and obviously gonna be exciting for you to head back there this winter Mm -hmm. Uh, and Matt, switching back another overseas experience for yourself the world juniors back in 2000 Mm -hmm. you got to play in Sweden with some pretty cool names that I want to get to in a second but what do you remember about that experience obviously you had a great tournament there but just everything that entailed, obviously, as a young guy moving over, playing overseas, and, and just everything mm-hmm. that came with that. So, what do you remember about that experience?
1: Yeah, it, it kind of it, it all happened real fast. I mean, I was I was actually not even invited to the selection camp at Christmas, and there was an injury, and I was a late addition, so I was disappointed, and then obviously elated, and didn't really have expectations going in. Right. You know, you're you know, I'm a I was playing college hockey at the time, and you're playing with the best players in Canada that are under twenty, um, and then I ended up having a pretty good camp and. And made the team, and next thing you know, you're on a Air Canada flight over to Northern Sweden, and you know you were Northern Sweden. Yeah, it was Northern. So were, there was like I think there was like four hours of sunlight a day. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, it was that, like that time of
2: year. It's yeah, it's ten to two, and that's the wow. that's you get sunlight. Yeah.
1: And it was in year two thousand, so the world junior is big, but it's not like what it is right. now. Um, you know, the rink. I remember the rink we played in it would have been, I don't know, it was probably a, a junior like a bad junior a rink yep. you know seats maybe three or four k wow. like it wasn't it, it, it's not like you're playing at you know save on yeah. center or any of these new barns that are out there now so um yeah it was a great experience uh we lost to the russians in the semis and then beat the americans for bronze in a shootout uh the next day and you know obviously like anyone says you're disappointed to not be in the final, but it was nice to, I still have it obviously, the bronze, the bronze medal from there. And um, yeah, I got to play with, you know, I remember that team. Manny Malhotra was our captain. He, he just got, the, the Rangers loaned him out. Um, Danny Heatley was there, Barrett Jackman, you know, Mike Ribeiro, uh, Michael Ryder, and a lot of names that you know, Joe really I remember him. He's you know, like just there's so many guys on there yeah. that you see, in and those relationships too. Like you see him five years later, six years later, and you spent three weeks with him, and it's like it's like a hockey fraternity. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So that was awesome, and I was actually lucky enough to play in the World Championships also in 2006. That was in Riga, Latvia, and that was Crosby's first year in the league. So Crosby, so Sid was on the team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was. He would have been 18. He would have been 18 or 19. Wow. And he came over, and I remember looking at the stats the other day. And I think he led our team. And Br- Brandon Shanahan was our captain. Wow. He came over for Lassara. Um You know, uh, Mike Richards and Jeff Carter were rookies too. That they just they, they were just in Philly. Um, so yeah, it was you know I I, I had great experiences in Europe, um, and then finished five years pro over there. Uh, retired like nine years ago. So um, it, it was awesome
0: yeah and, and just in terms of obviously you mentioned there the disappointment of losing the semifinals, but the next day coming up and you have that medal something that you'll have for the rest of your life and able to claim a, a international uh tournament bronze yeah. what does that mean to you and and just to how like how is the group following the loss if you remember uh what was everything maybe said in the room and, and how important was it do you still have that bronze medal today and it's something to look back on
1: yeah i you know i don't remember exactly who it was but everyone's disappointed um you know but the coaching staff did a good job to get everybody riled up for the next day and, you know, hey guys, we're playing the Americans, you know, and we know, everyone knows what that's about, um, you know. And at the time, you don't really realize, it, but now when I see the World Juniors on TV, I'm like, you know, like I made that team. Yeah. Like it was, you know, it's it's the, you know, you, you, there's good players in the island, there's good players in Alberta, there's good players in Ontario, out, out you know, PEI, um, you know, but to be one of the top 20 or 22, whatever the roster is in Canada, for under 20, it was, you know, looking back, and like like, was that was, it could be one of the, one of my biggest accomplishments. Yeah. I mean, I, I can say, you know, I scored a bunch of goals in the National Hockey League and, you know, played with these guys, played with that guys, but, you know, to say you played on the World Junior Team for Canada, it's, it's, it's not many guys can do that.
0: No, for sure, and, and just quickly, you, t- you mentioned one name there that I really want to ask you about, Dan Heatley. Yeah. What was the experience like with him? Obviously, everyone uh, knows yeah. a prolific hockey yeah. player over the years, but um, maybe an interesting personality as well. What was it like playing with him?
1: Peter was young, he was, yeah. you know, he, I think he was an underage at that tournament, you know, and I mean, the numbers speak for itself. I mean, Danny Heatley scores a lot of hockey goals. Yeah. Um, he did in the National Hockey League, he did at college, he did a junior. Um, really good laid-back guy, um, and just, yeah, and, and we I, we played quite a bit. I, when I was in Washington, he was in Atlanta, okay. and so we were in the same division, so, you know, we'd, we'd, uh, I'd, I'd catch up with him down there and stuff. But, uh, no, just a, just a low-key guy, and just really
0: good at scoring goals. Yeah, that's a good point for sure. Then um, yep. switching back over to you. After your time with Hockey Canada, you transitioned into the hockey agent side of things. So was that kind of something that you had in mind for a long time or was it something that just kind of came about after you ended with Hockey Canada?
2: Yeah, I had a unique opportunity with uh, Creative Artists Agency. You know, my old employer uh, kind of came to me and said, hey, we're looking for a, a young agent that can really, I was in Calgary at the time, obviously working with Hockey Canada. And, I had a great run with Hockey Canada, and I don't want it to come off as, you know, cocky, but once you've done a couple of World Juniors, yeah. you're kind of, you're looking for growth, right? And, I, and I, I wasn't seeing that at Hockey Canada, so I jumped to the agency side, and, you know, whether you're, you know, I was at Team Services at Hockey Canada, so whether you're taking care of teams or taking care of individuals, it was kind of a natural progression for me, um, you know, and to go to one of the, you know, one of the biggest agencies uh, was, was huge for me, and it's something, you know, now I'm NHLPA certified to negotiate contracts, and, I've loved it so far, you know, and I, I've recently left that firm and started my own um, Apollo Athletics. It's going to be launching here in September, so I just saw, you know, some opportunities to kind of how we can manage athletes differently and 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 really bring that service level up and not just be there during contracts, right? right? And, and I think, you know, you got to see these athletes as people and, you know, the stresses that are behind them, whether it's the families or the pressure or, you know, the sole provider and the family, you know whatever it is, um, to see them more on the human side than just the, you know, as a paycheck. And I yeah. think that's, you know, kind of, my tagline is modern athlete management, just to try and evolve a bit, you know, with today's younger player, with, you know, social media pressures and draft rankings and instant feedback on TikTok and Instagram and all this stuff, they, you know, no longer is it check, check the newspaper the next morning to see who scored. It's you make a mistake or a, a good goal. You, everyone's seeing it on the bus ride throughout the league throughout you know good or bad scouts you know everyone so it's that
0: you know kind of that modern athlete
2: that I think needs a different kind of manager and, and that's what I'm hoping to do with
0: with Apollo here. And, and kind of just speaking of the, the modern approach when you're talking to your players and, and all the guys you have with with you right now is there a certain touch point Are you guys talking every so once in a while is it dependent on the player or how much more goes into behind the scenes obviously everyone knows about you know working on the pay the, the contracts that they end up getting but there's obviously a lot more that goes into it behind the scenes.
2: Yeah, it depends where they're at right in their career right now. So I can use, you know, for example, Jordy Ben's a client, right? And Jamie, his brother. So Jamie has three year two years left on his contract. Jamie's, you know, pretty self-sufficient. Whereas Jordy, I'm pretty much talking to daily as we try to get a job done, you know, get him a job. You know, Tyson's a bit different. Uh, You know, other youth prospects are different if they're at a tournament, if it's in season, you know, so it's different touch points, um, you know, and as you get to know your clients, You know who wants, you know who who needs the attention and who needs to, you know can kind of set it and forget it and let them, you know focus on their game. You know whether it's a goalie, you know you don't talk to them on game days, you know or it's a player that you know got suspended, you know so you need to step in there or a social media thing or they have a, you know this week Matt and I are lucky to go enough on we're going on a charity event with Tyson this this uh, next week to up to some northern communities up in Hazelton B.C. and we do you know essentially run a hockey school for a couple weeks so. Uh, or a couple days, sorry. So I've been planning on that side, right? But then once we're done that, Tyson goes to Nashville. He's in training camp. He, he's getting his house set with his family. So, yeah, it's different. It's kind of where they're at in, in, in their cycle of the season, right? So there's no, like, hey, I have to call this player this yeah. week. It's who needs the attention now? Who needs this? Who got hurt? You know, knock on wood. Um, and you're dealing with doctor's opinions or suspensions or a contract's up. So it's totally different based on the cycle of the player and where they're at.
0: And you mentioned obviously a couple big names there especially from the victoria both the ben brothers jordy and jamie and then tyson Barry. so how did that connection come to fruition obviously you have the victoria connection here but what's it like working with guys that come from the same hometown as you and then obviously maybe some other cool stories you may have about the three of them
2: yeah tice is a bit younger but i remember playing for the victoria cougars and jordy would have been 18 because jordy and i are the same age both 87s playing for the peninsula panthers and his younger brother, Jamie, was 16 playing for the Peninsula Panthers. And I remember seeing this big hulking six foot three <laughs> guy playing and you're like, who's that? They're like, that's Jamie Ben, right? And then he played one year with the Grizz and then obviously went on to Kelowna for two years and then, you know, right into the league, um, you know, so kind of played against the Ben brothers growing up. They obviously went, uh, you know, and then Jordy went on to the Grizzlies, captained them through mutual friends, you know, Devin Lang, Brian Nugent, you know, who I played junior or minor hockey with. just the whole hockey community is small in victoria yeah. um, so really got to know them and then i think tyson came through um through matt actually through his dad oh, cool. lenny berry who played obviously in florida for a while you know would matt, he was kind of the older statesman so matt would come back and skate with him and then as len retired you know in this in, in later in his career matt was running skates you know in his you know late 20s and he'd have tyson out to skate as a young you know he was a clone rocket guy so right. he would you know so it kind of is full circle in the victoria hockey scene of of how it um, how it, it comes around, but it's such a small world, you know. Whether it's Matt Irwin or you know Clayton Stoner to Matt Ellison to you know, it's the hockey world is so small, especially on the island. You know, I think you know Matt had the court knows growing up, you know, and and they kind of helped him out. You know, Palmer to you know Greg Adams to you know, there's so many names that have roots on the island and especially Victoria that it's it's kind of just full circle, you know. And now some of the younger players that I represent here. You know, I have two o nines that are at St. George's, you know, and Eddie Spitz and Brock Cripps. I have, you know, represent Seth Fryer, who's actually a Victoria Royal. You know, he's an 06, a big hulking D-man. That one came about, his dad was a fire chief here in Victoria for Vic Fire Department, who I have many friends, and Matt does, that are at firemen there. So they said, hey, you know, a couple of years ago, i got this young kid that plays, you know, I know his dad. So it's, it's all full circle, and there's a connection point somewhere. Um, but, you know, I'm happy to you know, really represent Victoria and Island kits. And I'd like to, you know, eventually move my as I get Apollo off the ground back here, be nice. a bit more west coast, because I think there's some great talents on, on the islands. And I'm happy to kind of, you know, lead that and help help them achieve their goals. Right. And and be kind of island proud. Cause I think, you know, we want to see another Jamie Ben or another Tyson Berry and have that you know kind of that hey let's you know they are from victoria you know matt had steve nash ahead of him you know and and so there is some fantastic athletes and athletic families on this you know especially in victoria that i think just need a little help along the way because they can get lost on on the island here yeah. and, and you know they obviously the big trips to the mainland to go play the you know those teams and you go to alberta and you're like you know eyes kind of wide open but there's some fantastic talent from from the island here and so i really want to help steward that along with some of my young
0: prospects uh, yeah, I actually have two of those players' names written down. Seth Fryer here with the Royals and then Brock Cripps as well. What's the difference in, in your opinion with obviously being an agent for the younger players? Is there just a lot more in terms of talking to them on a consistent basis with the family or is it just a lot different than obviously dealing with the NHL players? But how much different is it at the end of the day? yeah
2: i mean each each like i said before each player is different right lenny barry played the game you know and I was obviously an owner so i talked to lenny a lot because he's a hockey mind right and i i pick his brain and you know i probably talk to him sometimes more than i talk to tyson right but uh, you know a fryer or a crips i think they just need help along the way right, right? it's it's putting them in the right spots with the right trainers i kind of see an agent as a general contractor right i'm not I'm not a skills coach right i'm not a strength trainer but i can source those out in victoria to get them in the right position to succeed so that at the end of the day i'm kind of a one-stop shop you know they need equipment they need a trainer they need ice they need this they the parents and the players come to me as a sounding board right and then you know we hope that that we're putting them in the right spots to succeed you know and i think you know with with the new leadership here with the royals i'm excited to have you know one of the top you know promising prospects and seth fryer a big six foot seven right-handed D-man that's I think just getting into his prime. You know, he played 10-odd games last year. He's going to be a big piece this year as a 17-year-old, but for us, you know, and the tough part for me as an agent is I'm trying to predict pro hockey players at 14, right? I'm not just draft, I'm not just saying, hey, he's going to be a great Victoria Royal and then he sails off into a pro career. I I want to put them in the right spot for junior so that, you know, they do have a long pro career. Um, So that's, that's the tough part. When you're recruiting, you know, it's getting younger and younger in our industry you know, to say I have nines, they they're 14, 15 years old, like, that's crazy, you know, and I realize that's crazy. But you have to, you know, kind of bet on your ponies. And you know, I'm Uh, a boutique agency. So you know, I only have those, you know, really three from the island. You know, I advise Hoyt Stanley, who was just with the Grizzlies who committed to Cornell, you know, he was just went 109th overall to Ottawa. So he's, you know, going to go to Cornell, he's kind of a set it and forget it project, right, he's going to do three, four years at Cornell, come out a beast. You know, hopefully play for Ottawa, you know, but it it's where these guys are at their roots with the junior hockey. Right. You know, so with Crips and Spitz, we've got a big, big decision coming up. It's their WHL Bantam draft year this year. So we have to sit down and say NCAA versus major junior, yeah. where what route are we going? And at 15, you know, that's an that's a that's an early decision to decide what route you're going with you know these kids still not fully through puberty, still not hitting their, you know, potential to say, okay, we're going to the Western League or we're going NCAA. And, and that's those are tough decisions, but that's where they need a solid advisor to say, okay, we're not on this road alone, right? We we have trusted guidance and a, a network around it, lean you know, on myself, my brother that have, you know, done it. And, and people in my stable that I work with to say, hey, these are the pros and cons to both. Let's make an educated decision. What's gonna be the best runway for this player to eventually achieve his goal of playing professional hockey? No, that's
0: really cool for sure. I'm excited to see some of those names come up as well, especially mm-hmm. in the Victoria area. I'd love to get them to the Royals,
2: get some hometown talent here. Right?
0: Oh, let's hope. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, Matt, we'll switch gears a little bit now. Obviously, we talked about your junior career here in Victoria and obviously a great time at the World Juniors as well, but you went on to have a great NHL career as well. Started off with the Washington Capitals. So, yeah. what do you remember from your first NHL game and maybe your first NHL goal? Is, there, is it just very vivid for yourself or is it kind of a blur from that day, those days?
1: You know what? I don't really remember my first NHL game. I remember my first goal. The Senators were really good back then. Alfredson and I think Hosa And and uh, and anyways, we were at home and we were down 7 nothing, And I <laughs> scored to make it 7-1. So here I am, hats and horns. And you can't really celebrate because you cut the deficit to six. And the game's pretty much over. But um, yeah, it took me probably, I don't know, probably 15, 20 games to get, you know, I, I, when I was 20, I got a cup of coffee I played 10 games up and then rested in Portland in the American League, which is, you know, pretty normal. I mean, there's not many players, kids these days that step right in and play. It's a pretty big transition to the pro game. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of got lucky. I mean, we, we, had a, we had a very veteran team back then. I mean, Adam Oates, Ole Kolzig, Sergey Gonchar, Joe Rieke, you know, when you're, tw- you're 20 years old. And you know some of these guys are 30, 35. And you had like, a veteran team. Yeah, I remember there was a poster <laughs> in our house with Jagger Bondra, Bondra. Some names where you're like, "Whoa, we're right. playing with these guys!" Right, right. And so it was, uh, it was definitely eye-opening. And you, you know, it's, it's, it's also the, you know, the top league in the world. So you're, you know, the American League's cool, but you're still on buses and you're yeah. still doing that. And you get to the National Hockey League, and it's chartered planes and first-class hotels and per diem and and. Uh, you know, so it, it was awesome. Um, yeah, I got to travel around, obviously, to all the major cities. And um, yeah. and then we kind of, we traded, I think it was like, I 304. pretty much did a wholesale trade for everybody. Like, everyone left Yager. I think he went to the Rangers. Um, Gonchar, I forget where he went. Bondra went to Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, and then that's the year we won the draft lottery yeah. and uh, we got Ovechkin. So I played with Ovi for, I don't know, three or four years for sure, five years before I got traded to Vancouver. And, uh, yeah, him and Backstrom are still there. Crazy. Backstrom, I don't know how many years he has left. I know he's had some injuries. But, um, you know, I'm hoping Ovi plays at least three or four or five more and gets that record because, you know, I I don't think anyone would argue. I think he's just given the the era that he's playing in, there's not a better – goal scorer in the National Hockey League history. I, I, don't, I don't think anyone could argue with that.
0: Yeah, no, and right. when you, Yeah. No. 100%. When you broke onto the scene with the Caps, obviously you mentioned it was a very veteran heavy lineup, and then you got to move on after a couple years, yeah. and you get Alex Ovechkin in the fold. So what was the difference of having that veteran leadership at the start maybe mold you into the player you became, and then a few, like, few years later get to play with Alex Ovechkin, and it so happened that was your career year as well in points. So yeah. what do you remember playing with Ovechkin, and, and maybe just your overall experience here in Washington?
1: Yeah, Washington was great. I mean, like I said, I was drafted by them in two thousand, and um, you know, learned a lot of things. Even though it was a veteran team, you still, you know, you, you just learn little things daily as, a, as being a pro. From you know, making sure you're early, making sure you stay after practice. You know, just the way you, you conduct yourself, interviews, off the ice, on the ice. It's not, it's not two thousand twenty-three. So yeah. there's not cameras everywhere and and Twitter and Instagram like it was like it is now. So you can, you know, you can definitely you know, go out for beers with the guys and not worry about someone snapping a photo. Um, yeah, and then when Ovi came, yeah, we, we it was it was fun. I mean, he, he's a fun guy. He loves to have fun, loves to score goals. Um, I, I mean, I played with him. I, I, I played the odd line with him, but right. a lot of times I was on the five-on-three and I was told to go <laughs> to the front of the net. And so you can imagine how fun that is, having Ovi taking one-timers at you, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I did a lot of penalty killing back in the day. And I remember we'd go in Atlanta and Kovalchuk was in Atlanta, and he'd just he'd sit like Ovi does on the on the on the off side and just wait for the one timers. And if you get stuck on that right side, oh, you know what's coming, and you gotta drop, and you gotta drop, and you got, drop and you got Kovalchuk. Chuck could shoot the puck yeah. too. And uh yeah, I remember taking a bunch of those and you know, but that's you were old school, you didn't even wear a visor. Oh, mom must have loved that. <laughs> yeah, you just turn you turn your head when you drop and you know, you you but you do what you gotta do to stay there. I mean that that's the thing. I mean, I got I got to a point where yeah, I, I did have a couple of good years and so you weren't worried about that stuff because right. you knew you, you're you relatively safe. But in the early days, I mean, you were, I was a third, fourth line guy and I, I sometimes play five minutes a night, you know, in my early days. And I'd have to go out there and create energy and kind of be a, a you know what, the server. And, right. you know, just kind of st- make an impact so that you don't get a call in the morning saying, you know, we're sending you back to Portland.
0: Yeah, and then after your time in Washington, like you mentioned, you got to go play for the Vancouver Canucks, yeah. essentially your hometown team. What was that experience like for you? You hear some players say it's like kind of sometimes could be a distraction with having so many family yeah. close, but also still very special nonetheless. So what do you remember about that experience with the Canucks? It was awesome. I mean, yeah, you're right.
1: Coming, to back, coming back to your hometown pretty much. Um, you know, there's pros and cons. I, I, I agree with that. There, there's a lot of distractions, a lot of people out of the woodwork, a lot of pressure too. I mean, you're, you're in a Canadian market. People don't understand, you know, playing in Vancouver, Edmonton, Toronto, Montreal, Calgary you know, those are, you, you're you not hiding, like, you, there's cameras everywhere in the building, you know, you, you make a bad play, you're on Sportsnet, you, you make a good play, you're on Sportsnet, right, whereas in D.C., you can hide, I played in Tampa also, you can hide, um, there's no hiding in Vancouver, um, so it's good and bad, when you're winning, when the team's winning, as as, as everyone knows, it's, it's a great place to be, but when you're losing, and Canucks have had a tough couple of years here, um, you know, you don't want to, It's not fun going out to the grocery store. It's not fun going out to the restaurant because people are coming up just saying, you know, what's going on with the power player? What's going on with this? So playing in the Canadian market, playing in Vancouver, it was awesome. It was also, you know, there's a reason why guys take five and six year deals after playing in Canada and head down to Tampa or Carolina or Florida and just hide.
0: You, You walk down the street, no one knows who you are. Yeah. yeah, and then just last question on their hockey career. Yeah. You got to end up, you go overseas, get to play in Germany. So what was that overall experience like? Obviously, a lot of players end up going over to Europe, have that route as well. So how different was the hockey style over there in Germany, and how enjoyable was it for you playing over there?
1: It was awesome. We played two games a week, so the, the travel was light, You know, most, mostly on bus, the odd plane here and there. Um, we had a, the German league had, we had like 8 to 10 imports. So it was actually a pretty, like, North American style dominated game. When I say that, you know, there was more hitting. Like it was, it's it probably like the American League, you know, uh, like a, like an American League. So there's a bigger ice, but still a bunch of guys that played the American League, some NHL guys. Um, you know, the German national team has done well lately. I mean, they, they've, they've made, just, they've, they lost in the final and semi this year. at in the world, world championships. In the yeah, world championships, So there's some good German hockey players. And uh, well, obviously, one of them is the best in the world, too, in dry saddle, So um it's uh it's it was awesome my daughter was born there um it just got to a point where i was 35 and life was getting ahead of me and i'm like i i could i could scrape this out for another few years but time was time and that was that was in 2014 so i've been done for nine years now
0: no it sounds like a really cool yeah. experience for sure yeah uh bane we'll switch back over here kind of get things wrapping up just a little bit but you're a part of the board board of directors for the alphabet sports collective so what can you just talk to us about both that initiative for you guys and everything that entails with that
2: yeah so in uh last year coming up uh in March we launched uh, Brock McGillis and I are the co-founders of Alphabet Sports Collective it's really a, a place to focus on on the queer community and and them you know inviting them into the game and not being pushed away you know uh that was my biggest fear when I was you know pondering coming out of the closet uh coming up on three years now um was that I couldn't you know be a successful hockey executive and be gay at the same time so I get people reach out to me all the time saying hey I want to be involved or I want to you know I want to I'm a young Western hockey league player but I'm afraid that you know I'll get caught or this so there is still you know we've made some great strides in the game but there's still a lot of you know underbelly that needs to be brought to light of uh, you know making the clear community whether you're a player a fan a media member an executive a coach a trainer to say hey you are welcome here you know and we've got some great ambassadors on board um you know we're not just performative of hey let's go to a pride night let's right. you know if, if a youth needs help you know some of our ambassadors morgan riley tyson berry john cooper uh you know david amber pierre Lebron, guys that want to truly make a difference and speak you know one-on-one to these youth that don't think that they belong in our game because of their sexual orientation so something that i'm you know really proud to get off the ground and, and work with to help you know youth that that think they're being pushed away from our game. And, and that's, you know, I think unfortunately in the last little bit, we've had some headlines come out around Pride Nights with a very small, you know, minority of players, you know, three to four players in a league of 800 that are, are getting the headlines for all the wrong reasons. You know, so we're trying to push back on that and just say hey you are welcome here and whether it's sid or connor or you know some of the biggest names marner you know these guys that hey you are welcome here and don't let's not let you know these small bigoted views speak for our players union because that's not what we stand for and you know to you know with alphabet trying to amplify that and and push back a bit on on some of the things that have happened in our game recently that may have pushed some some queer fans or, or queer people away from our game so that's really what we're, we're focusing on with alphabet
0: and and lastly here for maybe if anyone's listening to this right now especially the youth in in our community here is there anything that they can do to get involved with the initiative or or how can they reach out to you guys
2: yeah we're going to open up our membership this fall so we are at alphabetsportscollective.com and on social asc collective uh or abc collective sorry and uh or reach out to me on my my socials and i can get you connected but we want to bring people into the game and not be pushing them away and i think that's the biggest thing and if I can help with that, or some of you know our ambassadors, um, to show that you know it doesn't matter if you're if you can bring something to the game, uh, whether it's on the team side, the executive side, whatever, we, you know we're all welcoming, and so we just uh, want to get that going and, and really build up that membership to focus internally on the membership of getting people feeling good and empowered to Then you know we need seats at boards. We need you know we need representation in the community because simply the pride nights don't do anything to change things, right? They they don't push the needle. That's one night where we go, oh, everything's all good, and we kind of mask it. I think we need to really dig in on these issues and and get down to it and get the get the get the community feeling good about themselves because they have taken a bit of a uh, you know a blow per se with some of the headlines that have been out there, especially this past season with with like I said, a small minority of players that have chosen to unfortunately speak up for the wrong reasons in my
1: opinion
0: well it sounds like a great initiative so i'm looking forward to seeing how it all comes to fruition for you guys moving forward uh gentlemen thank you so much for joining me today this was a real blast and i know the royals fans are going to be very excited to hear this so thank you so much for joining me thanks for
2: having us for sure and best of luck with the upcoming season i'm excited for the uh the new leadership in and really get get the Royals back, to, you know, to get some some players and proud alumni and, and really tied into the community here. So thanks a lot. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Thanks again. Sure, Thanks. Cheers. And welcome back here to episode number two of the Royals Roundup podcast. Hope you enjoy those two special guests, the Victoria Hockey Royalty, as I mentioned, Matt and Bain Pettinger. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me at The Local. Of course, a very terrific establishment on Wharf Street. They welcome us in with great hospitality, so thank you to them for welcoming us into their facility to record episode number 2. Now we will kick into gears our final segment of the introduction, the mailbag questions. So we got quite a few sent in our way. Uh we're going to do our best here to answer these questions, of course. Uh some of them are maybe more statement related, which is fine. I'm here. I want to be an open door. If fans have input, anything they want to say send them my way of course there's some things that i'm not going to be able to answer i wish i could answer every question i got here but truly i i don't know a couple of them um, just because it's more internal than uh, anything else but like i mentioned i do really appreciate all the questions that we did get in and i'll do my best to answer these going forward of course as the season moves on you'll probably have more questions about the team and and, and how it's shaping up and stuff like that but these are more off-season related questions so we'll kind of dive into those right now First question submitted in this one came in via email from Brian Thomas. So, Brian, thanks for your question. First question was How does the Canucks training camp work and do we need to purchase tickets? So the entire schedule for the Vancouver Canucks training camp that is going to be coming here to Victoria at the Save On Foods Memorial Center will be coming out shortly. What I do know and can tell you can tell you, there is going to be sessions throughout the four days are here, September 21st to 25th. If you are a season ticket holder, that is going to be included with your membership. It's obviously that a fantastic perk of becoming a season ticket holder. Uh, so if you are, congratulations, you're already in the door. Uh, September 21st to 25th. If you're not, later date, this information is going to be coming out. How to get in the door, whether if you want to come for uh, the Squad game, that will happen th- at some point throughout the four days or here, or just some of their training sessions and watch an NHL training camp. All of that ticketing information will come out at a later date. But what I can tell you right now, of course, it's not too much behind the scenes. It's a 21st to 25th season ticket holders get in free. And information on further ticketing will be released shortly. And of course, a more in depth schedule uh, that hasn't been provided as of yet. Of course, there's a lot of things that go in behind the scenes uh, of developing an NHL training camp, as you can imagine, or imagine, pardon me. Uh, all the important stuff that goes on behind the scenes before the Canucks kick off their 2023 24 regular season. So, Brian, hopefully that answers your question a little bit. And maybe by the time this podcast is released, we'll have a little bit more info. But as soon as it comes out, we'll have it available on our social media platforms. Uh next question that came in, there was a couple ones here. We're gonna touch on just one of them right now. Uh, this question was once again sent in via email from Barry McKee. So this question from Barry. Last year there were open preseason sessions. It was great to see the prospects in action. Are there plans for similar open scrimmages before the preseason games begin? as i mentioned a little bit earlier uh, of course the training camp will conclude on september the 5th that is going to be an inter-squad game with the victoria royals right here at our building at the save on foods memorial center So that's going to be a great chance to see some NHL prospects along the way. Of course, this past summer was great. Justin Kipke, Kalen Parker both drafted into the NHL. And then quite a few other Royals were invited to NHL development camps. So if you want to see them live in action before preseason and the regular season, that is Tuesday, September 5th. On the top of my head, I think it is a Tuesday, but if not, I know it is September 5th. You can come in the exact time of the game. Will also be released by the time this episode comes out. But we hope to see you here at the Same On Foods Memorial Center. Third question out of the four that I'm going to be answering here. This one comes in, Sam, I hope I'm saying your last name right. Uh, Sam Talaxton. This one was also sent in to me via email uh what is our forecast for the year i'm gonna presume you mean for the royals and not the weather uh that was a very bad joke so i'm sorry sam uh in terms of the forecast for the royals i've talked about it it's been seen the last couple years have haven't been easy for this for this franchise but that is something that i personally believe is set to really change when you see the moves that this team has made in this offseason investing in the future when you look at the hockey minds you talk about joey joey Poljanowski comes from the arizona coyotes he's coming from an nhl franchise to the whl and he's going to help develop what is the future of this franchise in many ways uh, than just one episode number one guest jake heisinger the new associate general manager of the victoria royals Well, you heard in the last episode, uh, of course, he came from the Winnipeg Ice and he was instrumental in the development and drafting of so many future NHL stars. He's a brilliant hockey mind as well. So another big one there, James Patrick. I mentioned that news a little bit earlier as well. The new director of player development here for the Victoria Royals. Three massive names. And you may be thinking, well, what about the on ice product here? Because that's obviously what fans are paying to see. Fans want to see the Royals win games. And what I can say to that is, if you see the moves that this team has made uh, this offseason, uh, the drafting of players, of course, we have Keaton Verhoff, the fourth overall selection from the WHL Prospects draft. He won't be here this year, but another building block moving forward. The player that I really want people to keep in mind when you come to training camp, you've obviously heard his name. He played a few games last year, Cole Reshney. This kid, you don't want to hype up. Obviously, the player too much and put too much pressure on him. But from his stats, what you see, and everything else people say about him, Cole Reshny is the potential to be a superstar and a player you'd want to pay to come see. Uh, And there's just a couple players there along the way. Of course, you have some other huge names. As I mentioned, two Royals players were drafted in the past NHL draft. Superstar defenseman Kalem uh, Kalem Parker and Justin Kipke. Pardon me. I'm just so excited to talk about the Royals, as you can tell. Um, but two huge names there on the back end. Of course, if Gannon LaRock stays around, he has a chance potentially uh, to move on to play. Of course, he was drafted by the San Jose Sharks, so we'll see if he's back here for another year. If he is, he was a, he's a captain of the team, and you think of those three names on the back end, LaRock, Parker, and Kipke, you really have a three-headed monster back there that can play a lot of minutes, so that's something that you want to build on, of course, from the back end, and I think that's something that's, been focused on here from this franchise and when you mentioned Keaton Verhoff coming to the mix pretty soon pretty scary for for some teams to look at as well so on the defensive side they have a lot of positives going as well and I've really liked the 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 pickups they've made as well especially from the CHL import draft when you look at Casper Evanson this player uh, officially the announcement came out a couple days ago on Friday that the Royals sign him to his WHL scholarship and agreement uh this player small forward dynamic with the puck um his coach has been emailing actually some of us uh in terms of how impressive he's been as a player and as a human being as he continues to develop he's going to come in as an 18 year old as well of course that is how the chl import draft works uh these players are developed ready to go and i honestly think he's going to jump right in the mix we'll see where he slots in of course it's going to be a transition moving from playing in Europe. Over to north america in your first season but very excited to see casper Evanson. of course that's an exciting player to look forward to when you look at the overall outcome of maybe the season and your question was what is the forecast for the year i'm very positively uh impacted right now that's probably not the right set of words but i think the direction of this franchise I like the way they're building forward, and there's a lot of great building blocks that this team has right now and in the future when you look at the players that I mentioned right now. So what can I say about that? I work for the Royals, so of course I'm going to say that. That's probably what you're thinking right now, but I genuinely think that this team is moving in a very good direction. Uh, I would be lying if I said I don't think this is a playoff team right now. Of course, there's going to be a new team in the Western Conference as Winnipeg relocates from the Eastern Conference to Wenatchee, a new Western Conference team, so there's gonna be one more team to compete with for a playoff spot, Uh, but anything can happen in the WHL, and the thing is, in any league, in any sport, before season begins, every team genuinely believes that they have a chance to make the playoffs, and I I think that's a testament to the belief system in an organization, and this team is no different. I genuinely think this Royals team could make a good push here, and I'm really looking forward to the season beginning on September to 22nd. Of course, home opener back here at the Save on Foods Memorial Center on Friday, Friday, September 29th, when they play Prince George Cougars, I believe. And then the Saturday night uh, will be the Truth and Reconciliation game against the Cougars as well on the 30th. So. Long answer, was that the forecast uh, in terms of the weather? Uh, if that's actually what you're looking for, uh, the summer's coming to an end, unfortunately. So uh, hopefully we get some nice weather here in the fall. Last question. This one was submitted via Twitter uh, from Chad G Photography. Uh, the question was, favorite goal, Sally? Um, I'm not sure if this was going to be directed more so for a player. Uh, Whose answer is definitely more, uh, would definitely have more value than mine because I'm not playing. Uh, So if this was actually directed for a player, I'm sorry, but I'm still gonna answer it anyways. Uh, My favorite celebration of all time would probably be I wasn't born yet, uh, but watching back, and I'm also not a Canucks fan, so I shouldn't really be saying this, but Tiger Williams, uh, the riding the hockey stick, I think that was iconic. Or actually, another one just popped to my mind. Uh, ask her off, National Predators prospect. Uh, bench pressing the net above him after making a save in a shootout. That takes a lot of nerves. Um, and yeah, those are two that come to my mind right now. Um, like I said, if that was directed for a player, I'm sorry. Uh, but if not, uh, I do appreciate you reaching out. And if you have any more questions for me in the, for, uh, in the future, please let me know. As I mentioned, you can reach out in one of two ways via email, tony.trozo at victoriaroyals.com or via Twitter. You can send them to the Royals Twitter page or my page with 30 followers. Uh, If you want to follow me, please do. switching gears now as you move away from that and just kind of look forward maybe a little bit other things going on around the world uh this past weekend it'll be i guess 10 days ago uh when you're hearing this but i want to talk about it anyway uh starlight stadium in langford they held the 2024 rugby sevens north america's qualifiers that's a mouthful by the way uh the, the rugby sevens is probably the most exciting event i've ever seen live and i'm a diehard hockey fan obviously i haven't seen rugby live like that before and i got the chance to go uh with our news station here victoria now and take some videos and photos and all that fun stuff that was truly one of the most remarkable things i've ever been to uh if you haven't been to a rugby sevens match it's seven and a half minutes two halves of absolute chaos Uh, bone-crushing hits. Uh, The women's and men's teams uh, both had pools there underway. Both sides were just so enjoyable to watch. The women's Canadian national team, they qualified for the Paris Olympic Games. Uh, That's going to be next summer, of course, in dominating fashion. On the top of my head, uh, I believe it was 196-point differential through their three-round-robin games. Of course, there was four teams in their pool, and then they ended up winning the gold medal match in the qualifiers, fifty-three to nothing over Mexico. This team was dominant, and I know obviously the competition will change a little bit more when you start getting the teams coming from Australia, New Zealand, Europe—all those fun places for the Paris twenty-four, two thousand twenty-four Olympic Games. But just the fact they got to do that on home soil in front of it thunderous crowd at Starlight Stadium. I really enjoyed taking that in. Uh, the Canadian men's team, they came up just short. They fell in the gold medal game to their rivals, the Americans, who are an absolute juggernaut in Rugby 7's uh, trial. So Team USA is moving on to the 2024 Olympic Games in Paris. Canada will still have a chance. They'll battle it out with a third place team from this tournament uh, and they have a chance a little bit before the Olympics to try and get one of those uh, final spots in. But just wanted to give a big shout out to both the Canadian men's and women's national rugby teams. Uh, you've got a new fan and myself. Not sure if that really means anything to you because uh, there's already quite a few rugby fans out there. But uh, great event and the Greater Victoria region has been just Really blessed with all these great sporting opportunities. So uh, whenever you get the chance to go with them, definitely do that. Of course, in terms of other sporting news, uh, since the last time I recorded, obviously this is going to be a little bit older news now, but the Victoria Harbour Cats ended up losing in the WCL Championship game uh, to the Corvallis Knights. They won seven straight championships. I think you could consider that a dynasty maybe at this point in time. Uh, Yeah, no, it's definitely a dynasty. Seven straight. Three of those seven... Were victories over the Victoria Harbor Cats in the championship game. But uh, I went to, I think, six or seven Harbor Cats games this year. Always a great atmosphere. Uh- nothing but supportive in terms of letting me get in there and write my stuff get all my photos so a big shout out to the harbor cats this season they also had four players named to the all-star teams as well so a testament to that franchise uh that's kind of all the other sporting news i wanted to touch on uh in terms of going around in victoria so harbor cats rugby canada well done and great events as per usual wrapping up the episode a little bit here just wanted to quickly touch base The season is right around the corner. Like when this episode comes out, we're going to be just over three weeks away from opening day, preseason, training camp, all that fun stuff. So the CHL preseason has actually already got underway in the QMJHL. Uh, You can watch a couple free previews along the way from the CHL website. So if you want to check that out, make sure to head that way. Of course, the Royals preseason schedule uh, gets going at the beginning of September. So to see our full schedule, head over to VictoriaRoyals.ca if that is correct. Uh, either way, if I'm wrong on that, just check out our official website and have all the details on the schedule. You can also get your tickets now, single game tickets on sale. Uh, we have multi-game flex pass, flex passes, half game memberships, and of course, full season memberships, which do get you in the door for free to the Canucks training camp taking place from September 21st the 25th so make sure to grab your tickets and i look forward to seeing you here in the arena in just under a month other exciting stuff going around victoria well september 9th uh, september to 9th september 7th to 9th the opening weekend of rifflandia will be in town and the following weekend they'll have the second part of that uh, so if you want to check out that I know I'm going to be going there. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but uh, I will definitely be there. So if you see me there, ask me some questions about the Royals and maybe uh, anything else you want to talk about. But if you want to check out some good music, local festival here in town that's got very big, Rifflandia is just a couple weeks away. That wraps up here, episode number two of the Royals Roundup podcast. As per usual, thank you, Best Buy. Huge shout out for providing this tremendous equipment. One more time, time, a shout out to the Three Sailing Weight for providing that fantastic intro. And soon you'll hear the extra. Uh, Make sure to check them out on Instagram at Three Sailing Weight. Mitch, thanks for your time as a producer. Once again, behind the scenes, I'm Tony Trozo. And I look forward to chatting with you for episode number three, where we have another very special guest. We'll talk to you then.